Hi, my name is Josh Hannaberry, and welcome to the Truck Focus Podcast. At the Truck Focus Podcast, our mission is simple. I want to connect transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. Over the last decade, I've been fortunate to connect with several transportation industry leaders that have had a positive impact on my life, and I look forward to connecting them with you. For quite some time now, I've been openly discussing the importance of organizations operating within the transportation industry to integrate the right technology for their businesses and advocating for the benefits of workflow automation. So when I think about the advantages technology has provided in my own journey, not only in podcasting, but in trucking over the years, I also get super excited. I also can't help and stop and shake my head when I think about all of the failures I believe could have been prevented or at least mitigated if certain technologies existed back then. So in today's episode, I'm really excited as I get to speak with Jason Hoffley, Manager, Business Development, and Client Experience at Output. So output the new tools of the trade. So in our conversation, Jason shares his journey in the transportation industry with a large focus on telematics, telecommunication, asset tracking, workflow automation, and how all of his years of experience are helping him have a pivotal impact in organizations today. So I encourage you to learn more about Output by visiting their website, hireoutput.com, or connect with Jason directly. I've included the link and his email in the show notes. So I look forward to the impact this conversation will have. Let's get to it. Hey, Jason, welcome to the Truck Focus Podcast. Really excited for our conversation today. A joke that I'll politely make at times is whenever we have a conversation or I talk or talk about the topic we'll dive into, I say we're talking about the future. And I think sometimes in the transportation industry, there's still some uncertainty on, okay, what is technology? What is workflow and automation? So again, being that this is your space, I'm really excited just to see where we go in this conversation, knowing that I can trust what you have to say. So welcome on. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, yeah, just share maybe some insights, maybe uh, give some ideas of, of things that they can look at. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to having a conversation with you today. Appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. So why don't you kind of start us off, highlight who is Jason, but also right. touch on a little bit of your backstory, which I personally find really interesting in two regards. So one of it, right. if you wanted to share kind of your involvement in the industry, but also kind of in the tech telecommunication space. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So maybe we'll start with, with me, who I am, right? So uh, born and raised here in Edmonton, Alberta, right? So been here my whole life. Um, for as long as I can remember, even as a kid, I was really introduced, really interested in technology. Right. Like even as a teenager, I was building my own computers back when we used to have like the towers. Right. Everyone's got a laptop now, but um, building the computers, getting different parts, um, you know, all those different things. I was always interested in that. I always wanted the latest, you know, back then we had, you know, I had the, the Walkman, the mini disc, the CD player, right. The MP3 player, you know, now we just get the bigger uh, iPhone storage. Right. But back then you went through all that technology and I always wanted that stuff. Right. Like that was what I was, Hey, mom and dad, like this is what I want for Christmas, you know, those sorts of things. So um, nowadays, you know, I'm just, I, you know, I love working in the tech industry still, you know, still living in Edmonton, um, you know, love traveling my, my girlfriend, you know, longtime common law girlfriend, Kara, uh, we've been together for 10 years. We love traveling, going all over the place. Um, so that's what, you know, I'm also a big Oilers fan, right? Which is good and bad. You know, we got to go through a lot of headaches, but uh, hey, we're on a, another, what, five or six games with, say, yeah. with points. So it's a good, I'm happy again, right? I was, you know, unhappy for a few weeks, but we're back on that. So um, yeah, that's a little bit of, about me, a um, little bit about the history. And I guess in terms of technology, um, back when I was in high school, I was thinking, what am I going to, right? Everyone always asks themselves the question, what am I going to do for a living? 
And I wanted something, I'm not really uh, risky. I'm not a big risk taker. So I was thinking, what is secure? What's going to be around for a long time? Where is there a lot of opportunity? And I first was looking at healthcare. And then I was looking at technology. And so I and originally, I was actually going to go into x-ray tech. And so I'm, that would have been a little bit of both, right? Healthcare and technology, really stable, secure. You know, it's only going to grow. There's only going to be more people that need it. Um, but I ended up pivoting and deciding to go into telecommunications engineering technology. And I, I graduated from that program at Nate in 2004. They don't have that program anymore. It's called wireless now. I know they still focus on the, you know, the traditional wireline, PBX, fiber optics. It's not all wireless, but, you know, most of the world is going that, that whole wireless um, direction. So, yeah, I did that. I graduated uh, 04 and got a job with, uh, with Bell, right? So big telco. Spent 15 years there moving up through uh, retail. So working, you know, consumer side of things, then dealing with small businesses and then mid-market, right? So a little bit larger businesses. And then uh, my final uh, role with Bell was working enterprise. So working with really large organizations, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of employees, public, private sector. Um, so dealt with tons of different types of organizations in the tech industry and, you know, been with a local company output, right? Small local tech company here in Edmonton, headquartered at Edmonton, got some employees in Calgary as well. I've uh, been here for a couple of years now and really, really enjoying it. Powerful. Yeah, man. It's interesting when you're talking about, I'd say our childhood, because I know we're similar age, where yeah. I remember when it went from tape to disc and it's be like, no way. Like, I don't have to fight the real, but you have to watch for the yeah. scratches or the yeah. bouncing. And then, yeah, obviously, I remember the first little, uh, oh, shucks, it's an MP3 player, but the iPod. And, oh, that's just way too much. And just that whole, <laughs> the memory lane of growth of technology, just, it went like flatlined up, up to skyrocket. It's pretty fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I think I owned uh, hundreds of VHS tapes at one point. And then I actually had a pretty big DVD collection. And then now you can pretty much stream everything, right? But yeah, really interesting to see how, how it's progressed over the last, what, you know, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Well, even from Bell's perspective too, and just the whole like telecom industry, that's another industry where like we really had three dominants in Canada to mm -hmm. now there's all the offshoots and all these subservices and everyone's getting the streaming. Like I think just that journey alone and dealing with businesses from small to enterprise, you're experiencing their growth. And I think yeah. that's really cool just for your own benefit now being in a space where you're dealing again with different types of organizations and really in the tech and just workflow mm -hmm. space. I think, yeah, that was a real benefit for you today if you look back at your career so far. Yeah, and since we're kind of reminiscing, um, I started with Bell in 03. And back then the lineup of devices, so phones, I think there was probably, you know, 15 flip phones or the, you know, the bar type device. And I think there was maybe two smartphones. There was a BlackBerry. I know that it was not color screen. And there might've been another, I think might've been a Palm version at that time. I can't remember if there was one or two. And you see that you go into a store now and I don't even think they have flip phones on the shelves. I know they, they're still available, but now it's all smartphones and tablets. And, and it was really wild. But my, you know, I don't even think we had a camera phone when I joined. Uh, I think it came actually a month after I joined when it was the first camera phone in the lineup there. It's just, really, yeah, it's really interesting to reminisce. Yeah, the uh, I don't know who makes it, and I don't even know if it's a true flip phone or a split phone. Is like considered posh now, and yeah, we have like we carry iPhones, and I like the uh, I like Apple, but yeah, I agree. I think just the the progress though, like fifteen years is not very much time if you think about the grand scheme of life. 
but how much just, yeah, it went from a cord phone to a wireless phone to you share a line, do you have your own line, obviously, to even just plug an internet to wireless and all yeah. those fun topics. So yeah, and it's interesting too, when I still like connect with different trucking companies where I'm like, man, it's like a... <laughs> a DOS program and you can see the fingerprints yeah. they've used to type out their little, e- oh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's funny. Right. So, still see that. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Okay. And then from the transportation space, I know in our prior conversations, you shared a little bit about your family just being really involved in industry. Can you kind of, what you're comfortable with, obviously, but sharing yeah. a little bit about that perspective too? Oh, no problem. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, you know, my my dad is a heavy duty mechanic, right? So he's been in that industry, you know, um, not driving. Well, he he does drive them, but not for a living, but he's he's been fixing them for well, since I was a baby, right? So he's been in that forever. Still there, um, still still involved. Uh my grandpa was a truck driver, worked on the pipelines. So he was driving the the heavy equipment, you know, from site to site. And back as a kid, we, you know, my cousins and I, we would go visit wherever he was. So I actually, you know, I remember going to Moose Jaw. I remember going to Brandon uh, and would stay in the motorhome with my grandparents for a few weeks in the summer while, you know, they were working out on the pipeline. So uh, I got, you know, pictures of myself as a kid, you know, sitting in the big trucks, you know, whether it's at my dad's shop or whether it was with my grandpa. And and I know that even my great grandpa actually owned his own trucking company um, in, in the U.S. too, right? So I never, you know, never met him, but, you know, heard about it. And I think I remember seeing like an old logo. So that was a big part of my life growing up. I was around it. I seen it. Um, but I, I knew as a kid, I wasn't, I like, you know, I like building things. I was never really mechanically interested, you know, um, even though as a 16 year old, my dad and I fixed up a Ford Temple that I was able to drive. So that was pretty cool. Um, but I, you know, I like hands-on more woodworking, but uh, yeah, I've been around that whole transportation trucking industry for my whole life still. Nice. And I think that's really cool where it's a generational thing and it's a progressive industry. And mm-hmm. I think often people miss the opportunities within industry where obviously our conversation, we could have stayed very to this side of it, but I like bringing in the family. I like bringing in the history that you have, because that's really, it's, to me, it's really special just knowing that great grandfather, grandfather, dad, they're really, it's in your bloodline in the sense, and you can really value just again, part of the industry as well as I wanted to dive into just your experience through Bell and mm-hmm. even to today, but when we're talking about vehicle tracking, asset tracking, that's also a huge part of our industry, but just having the language, having the, in your own, in your own way, your own stories of, okay, what are people going through in the field or what are people going through? Like, as your dad is as a heavy duty mechanic, like hats off to him. That's a very tough job, very rewarding position, but it's a tough career where it's just like, okay, you have that ingrained in you. And I think that could really help when you're trying to talk to someone else about, yeah, there's value in GPS tracking. There is value in knowing where your assets are at all times and just different things like that. So through your experience, have you been able to lean on, I guess, both sides of it, part of its education and experience with corporate and small business mm-hmm. while dealing with the asset tracking and just the different spaces and telematics? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, going back to my dad a little bit here, it is a hard job. Luckily, he's a foreman now, so he's not on the tools as much because it's hard on the body. But, you know, one thing I remember, you know, and I'd go visit him sometimes is a lot of truckers, it's their own business, right? They, you know, they, they have their own truck and they contract out and it's their livelihood. And so I know when it would be in the shop for warranty work or maintenance, it's like, okay, hey, I need the truck. I need it. I need it here as fast as possible, right? Because it's their livelihood. And so you understand how important it is. Uh, to keep going and, and and keep progressing. So when we talk about telematics and technology, there's actually tools out there that can help with that, you know, be proactive so you can plan. 
So yeah, as a, you know, as a business sales rep for a major telco, um, there's a terminology in the industry called internet of things. And it used to be called machine to machine or just data communications. And essentially internet of things is anything that can connect to the internet that doesn't necessarily need human intervention, right? So because the telcos provide the network that a lot of these, these solutions and these, these tools work off of, it was in the portfolio you know, from day one, when I started working there of things that we can add as value and, and support our clients with. So you mentioned a few of them, you know, when we're working with our clients, we've helped them with flip phones, smartphones, trying to get them enabled so they can utilize that. You know, obviously we know that there's, there's spots on the road where you're not going to have reception. So we've helped with boosters, right? So you can have the in-vehicle boosters. You know, I remember there was kits put together, uh, you know, where you'd have them in the Pelican case and they could be mobile boosters they can take with them. Um, or even, you know, radio, you know, I, I've, I've predominantly just been around uh, push to talk over cellular, um, but, you know, a little bit familiar with some of the other, you know, two-way radios and different applications as well. Um, but the really cool stuff is, you know, you talked about fleet tracking, you talked about asset tracking, right? So this is for maybe some of the listeners that aren't as familiar with it. This is where there'd be, you know, some sort of uh, piece of equipment, like a modem that would be tied into the engine diagnostics of the truck, and it would be connected via cellular, sometimes even satellite, right? You can actually have both. So you can have, if, you know, and depending on the, you know, where the, the company's going, where the drivers are going, if they're going into areas all the time where there's no cellular connection, satellite is critical, right? They need to have satellite connection to know where they're at from an efficiency perspective, from a safety perspective, um, but even from a cellular standpoint. So it allows information or data, again, without the human intervention to go up, get into the cloud, and then go back to a piece of software. And so what are some of the advantages with that, right? There's, you know, the, the tracking of where are the vehicles from a safety standpoint, if there's route optimization, um, you know, so there's all these different things. So keeping track of your assets, I remember working with a client, they would deliver uh, food up to camps in the north, right? So they would, they would be driving the food up, you know, they drop off the, the load. And I remember a story where they said, we dropped off these bananas and we got a call the next day and the bananas were all black. So the camp said, you got to credit us back for these bananas because they're, we can't use them now. We're not paying for them. And I remember that this, we talk about compelling events. He said, I need to prove to my client that I'm keeping it at the right temperature while it's being transported the whole way. Because he had a refrigerated, he had a reefer unit, right? He had it, he had the right things in place, but he couldn't prove it. So getting something like that from a security, his livelihood, it was costing him a lot of money. So we looked at solutions of how do we integrate sensors that tie in and you can show that this was at the appropriate temperature the whole time. So maybe we need to go back to the actual grocery supplier to see what they were doing. And maybe it's on them in this case, right? So um, I know I'm kind of rambling now, but perfect. Uh, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and that, it ties into the point that there's so much value there. Yeah. And through story, we can get there a lot faster than through a, say like we're talking off camera, like a technical description. And you just hammered on like 10 solid points on why I'm a massive believer of using technology in trucking. So from a reefer standpoint, temperature control, mm -hmm. obviously heat's the same concept to even yeah. just proof of delivery. You were never here. Yes, I was. What I dropped off may have gotten stolen. Like I have a lot of background hauling equipment and that's happened before where I drop it off Friday. They're there on Monday and it's gone. I was there. <laughs> like yeah. you can see my GPS tracking is there for 18 minutes because it takes you nine to do all the whatever. So yeah, there's a lot of value. And then from a safety standpoint, and then you mentioned route optimization. And I think hmm. this is one area that, so in Canada, 
as you're familiar with the ELD mandate came in yeah. for electronic logs. This is going to be the hugest opportunity for carriers to really see what they can actually do after they're comfortable using an ELD. Most of them come with the GPS tracking and all those good features where now you're able to really analyze and audit what routes are my guys taking, guys and gals? Where are they going? Where are they headed? What routes are they taking? And what is it costing you for them to take that route? So miles per gallon differs, obviously. Stops at fuel stations and Tim Hortons will differ. Or, hey, I need my people to be able to stop and sleep. So just having that access, I think, is going to be a real game changer over the next 6, 12 months kind of thing. Just as people are going to become more familiar, more comfortable with the product. But then, yeah, from a, a liability standpoint, I like that reefer event too, because it sucks going through that and having to defend yourself knowing you did the right thing. And it's like, I'm not going to start pointing fingers at everyone else because they're my clients, but ultimately I did my job. (laughs) And when you have the technology, like you said, like you said, you can be able to hook these things up to say, this is the temperature control. Like at the moment it was loaded or even before it was loaded, if you wanted to know pre-recorded weight or uh, temperatures, here it is, here's the information. And it's at a couple clicks of a button. I think that's super powerful. Same thing as our industry just continues to embrace technology and not just trucking over the road. There's so many sectors of logistics and trucking and warehousing where it's just gonna become more and more reliant that like I often say, I couldn't imagine a light. I couldn't go through a day without a cell phone when like you're doing your business life. I'm just like, honestly, you just, I'm so reliant on it. It's just so easy. (laughs) So it's gonna become the same thing. And I'm glad you shared those things though, for sure. Yeah, and how many years did we go without having it? And now we're just so reliant on it, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like what you said about the ELD mandate, right? And I know years ago when we were talking to transportation companies about um, getting these, you know, fleet and asset tracking solutions in place and using electronic logbooks for hours of service instead of them writing on paper. It's like, yeah, but you know, it's we're doing it, we've been doing it the same way. It's working fine, right? And 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 a lot of times it's just, well, what's the cost of implementation of that? But when this, we talk about compelling events, you know, I think it was June, 2021, the government said, you know, you know, there's different factors. Not everyone has to install it, but if you you meet those certain um, expectations or guidelines, you got to get this done. Uh, so people had to, right. Or they have, they have to, because they get pulled over and they don't have that. There could be fines and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, we took advantage of that, trying to get ahead of it, educating our clients, you know, running through uh, return on investments and costing and helping them budget and plan for that compelling event because they, they needed it. Yeah. And I think from a cost perspective too, cost of implementation versus the monthly savings. And that's where people often get misguided too, is like a logbook, depending on where you are, we'll talk Canadian dollars, a logbook and a pre-trip book normally come together. Typically it's about eight bucks. So if you have a fleet, that's 80 bucks a month. And if your device is itself, it's an app that's installed on the phone that you're already using and say it's $600 for the initial install and to shoot no numbers, yeah. it doesn't take very long. It's like what, 10 months in, seven months in, now you're saving money every month because yeah. you're no longer, that's just the book. That's not talking about like filing requirements, audit requirements. Like, so yeah, there's so many positives and yeah, I'm glad that you guys have always, I like, like then, as I say off camera, you're talking in the future. You live in the future where technology is a good thing. And obviously yeah. you're not like, I just, I think that's really something that we need to embrace. And I like having these types of conversations because I try and resonate in that space where I'm like, yeah. like we were talking off camera, why am I doing this nine times? It should be once. <laughs> like, so yeah, there's a lot of wins there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So at what point then did you decide to switch from your former employer to output? Was there like a something attracted you about the company's culture, the president, or like kind of how did that take place? 
Yeah, great. You know, a great question because I I'm, I feel like I'm a very loyal person. I I think I've had like three hairdressers. I don't know, I don't know if they're to- totally barbers. I you know I like to stay really loyal. Me too. Uh, and it's the same with an employer. <laughs> so it was not a shot at you. Um, try to stay loyal to you know to my employer too. And I I feel like uh, you know I wanted to grow within the company. And back when I started with Bell, they were brand new to Western Canada. I think they were two or three years in. And so there was a huge amount of opportunity, right? You know, a lot of people were, you know, they only kind of knew TELUS, maybe a little bit of Rogers and to have a new kid on the block. I saw the opportunity for growth and I did, you know, I moved up quite a few times, right? I went, you know, retail, moved up into management, went into business sales and, and got promoted a few times there. But I felt I was getting really stagnant, right? I felt like I had kind of reached my peak of where I could go after 15 years. Um, I wasn't learning as much anymore, wasn't growing as much anymore. And I'd grown a ton through that organization. And they're a great organization, right? Still got a lot of friends that work there. Great things to say. Um, But output, you know, what attracted me was I spent most of my life working for very large publicly traded organizations. And when I met the owner of output and I knew of him, he's in the, he was in the industry. Same with me. I I, I knew his reputation. Um, I, I just got totally bought into his vision of what he was doing with output and I was really at, at first I was, you know, I mentioned off camera that I'm not very, uh, uh, or actually I mentioned here, I'm not very risky. Um, so I'm thinking, oh, I go to a smaller company. Maybe there's no more risk, right? Bell's been around for 140 years or whatever it is. They're not going anywhere. Um, is there risk? But I think the excitement and the opportunity is really what drove me. And so there's a couple of reasons. One, uh, working for a small business that can be very nimble and do things for our clients was really appealing, right? Sometimes trying to move those big ships is very challenging. So um, that really attracted me. Um, like I said, I really bought into the vision about uh, Paris is, is the founder of what he was talking about in terms of digital transformation, which is a buzzword. You know, we've heard about it in the industry, digital transformation. And a lot of times companies say that, but really it's just based on, I have this product to sell you and that's it. So if what you need for digital transformation fits into my, my feature set of my product, then you're good. But at Output, we have different partnerships and we really focus on customizing the solution for our clients. So we truly are helping them get to that next level with digital transformation. I also saw you know, a huge opportunity for growth. So uh, personally, I'm really fortunate now to be leading all of our client-facing teams. So it's our business development side, our client experience, our technicians, our project managers. Uh, so for me, I, you know, I wouldn't have had that opportunity at Bell, or I would have had to wait for someone to retire, right? And uh, so there was just a lot of opportunity. Um, I love what the vision, what we were able to do for our clients. And so, you know, just over two years in here, and it's been it's been a whirlwind, but it's been uh, really fun as well. Good. Yeah, I think if you're, uh, you should suggest that he listens. His name's Paris, the owner. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Paris. But I think you need to listen to this because that's probably the, honestly, the, the most genuine and best compliments an employee that's invested in the company could give is you right. saw opportunity, you dive in and you really accepted the vision and you can run with it because there's opportunity here. And I like the fact that you talked about being nimble and customizable because you're right. Big ships take a long time to turn if they'll turn. And all it really takes is one person with the title a little bit better than yours to say, no, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> then you go back to the client and say, yes, Shaq, sorry. But being yeah. in the position you're in, I think that's really powerful for change. And I talk about pivotal impact all the time and mm-hmm. your team makes them all the time because it's like, this is what you need. Okay. 
that's a pivotal moment. And I think that's really special for you as, again, as a young leader, as someone that really cares about people, cares about other people's success, well, obviously mm-hmm. earning your own success. So again, that's a really big compliment to the company. So I'm glad you shared I that. Do, thank you. And I got to do another shout out because uh, Paris is the co-founder. He's the, he's the one I got introduced to at first and really, you know, I bought into the vision, but uh, Herman is our CTO, chief technology officer. He's one of the other co-founders. Uh, so definitely got to give a shout out to him too, because without his, his background and, and expertise in technology, uh, a lot of the stuff that we're doing wouldn't have been possible. Like he was able to get the right uh, people in the right place and knew how we needed to deliver to, to get that uh, those solutions and those results out to our clients. So Paris, yeah, shout out to Paris and Herman. Powerful. Yeah, that's exciting. Honestly, man, <laughs> I can just imagine being them and just a smile on their face hearing that because that's that's hard. And I think right now, like, off topic pandemic happening. It's mm-hmm. the, what do they call it down the States? The resignation era. The great where, resignation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even like crazy. It's, and I think that's a lot of it though, is like, why would you leave somewhere where you feel part of the vision and you feel the opportunity to grow and to learn and to impact? You don't. Right. So it's, or if you do, it's because of good reasons, not ah, whatever reasons. So, but yeah, as owners, big compliments. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Can you give us an overview then of output? So as a company, first off, start off, where can people go? What's the website address? Yeah. But what's the offerings? And what would you say is the number one goal that the company has? Okay, yeah, a few things there. So um, depending if people are on video, uh, I got the you know our website here on the bottom. But uh, if you're just listening on the podcast, it's higheroutput.com. And it's H-I-R-E, like as in hire us, right? So higheroutput.com, little play on words there. Um, go check it out. Um, love to get some more traffic there too. See what you think. Um, in terms of the number one goal, I'd say it's to truly be that trusted advisor and partner to deliver technology tools to help organizations scale, you know, or achieve business goals. Maybe they want to improve efficiencies, reduce costs, offer better customer service, right? That's so important these days. Um, things like that. So it's really enabling organizations to hit their goals through our trusted partnership and our expertise in technology solutions. Powerful. Yeah. And I'll make sure to include the website, uh, higheroutput.com in the show notes, of course. So that way, yeah, it's a quick click. And same thing, if you want to reach out to Jason, obviously directly, I'll include your email too. So highly recommend all of our listeners. You can even do it right now. Hit pause, go there. Okay, come back, all that good stuff. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's awesome. So when we're talking workflow, workflow automation, can you define, and you can go as deep as you want, high level as you want, we still got time, but define what is this process? And we've talked about a couple of things that I think define the value, but can you just give us an overview of what it is and what's the, I guess, the instant wins for someone that integrates it? Yeah. And I think, you know, the terminology, I think some people are familiar with, um, some people might not be, and some may have their viewpoint of it, right? Like I know a lot of uh, software out there. If you go in and you go into the settings, you can see, oh, we got workflow automation, automation, especially if you're using a CRM, right? You can see how, oh, if you reach out to a client, then in a couple of days, it'll follow up. And so a lot of times people get it in terms of where they've seen it in the past. But what we what we do from a workflow automation standpoint is we look at a certain business process, right? So, and this is usually, you know, in determining what that process is, it's usually, you know, A, we get a referral. That's most of our business comes from referrals. So we've done something for one client, they talk to someone else or they hear another client say, ah, I hate that I got to do this all the time. And they say, you should talk to Helpwit, right? So they kind of identify a pain point already. Now, if we're, we're talking with a new client, 
and they don't really know yet, we're asking them a lot of questions. We go through discovery to see what are your goals? What are your pain points, aspirations? Where do you want to be in a few years? What, what is your digital transformation journey looking like? They may not know what we're talking about. So again, we can start asking questions to get there. So typically, once we determine there's a broken process, right? Josh, you were saying, uh, you enter the same information nine times. Um, so that could happen. Like a lot of clients we've worked with, uh, the projects, uh, a lot of the projects we worked on is around automating reporting, right? So, um, you know, we're going in, we're talking to a client, hey, what's a pain point? What keeps you up at night? What's driving you insane? And a lot of times they're saying, well, I need insights into my business. I need the KPIs, right? Key performance indicators, metrics. Am I profitable? What are my labor costs, material costs? How do how my, my, my employees ranking compared to each other? And for me to do that, it's very reactive. I have to go into this system. I got to go into my accounting system. I use a line of business tool and I got to download all these reports and I got to copy and paste a bunch of data into another spreadsheet and I got to apply formulas. And I'm not an expert on, um, on Excel or any of this stuff, right? I'm a trucker or I'm a plumber, you know, and I got into business and something that I know I'm very confident in. And so we start seeing that, you know, this is, this is glaring of something that, that can be automated, right? And, and so we, we ask a lot of questions, we, we dig in, we, we do a discovery, uh, we do a process map. So it's actually creating a visual uh, perspective that shows every step in the process. And we un- uncover the technology tools that they're using. And we try to figure out the best way to automate, right? So in that case, okay, you're spending 10, 20 hours a month reactively going and downloading these reports from all these different systems, manipulating data. So what we can do is actually integrate into those systems, pull that data for you, apply all the calculations that you want for your KPIs that you said are important to you and display it on a dashboard. So instead of spending 10 or 20 hours, you just go to your dashboard and there it is. And you can filter, you can drill down. So that's one example of of, of workflow automation and how we're able to automate steps in the process and a little insight into um, our our process, right? Now, in terms of automating, I want to talk about some of the value, right? Because it might be obvious to some people, but the value is it can be proactive. So in the example I just gave, that was very reactive. So if they were quoting jobs incorrectly and their gross profit was very poor for a week or two, and then they went to their reporting and said, oh man, we did 10 jobs in the last two weeks and we did not make money on them. If it was proactive, they could have caught it early on and adjusted. Um, typically, there's higher accuracy, right? So when you said you entered the same thing nine times, are you are you making mistakes maybe every once in a while, especially if it's a Friday afternoon, like we're talking now, and you're just waiting for the weekend and you got to rush and get it done. So there's accuracy issues. Um, a really a really big component of it is it frees up human resources to do human things, right? So we think of this one example where the two business owners were spending hours a month doing this reporting. Well, I said, what do you bill out if you're actually on the tools, right? So we were able to determine an ROI right there. But, you know, what value is it for you to be in front of your employees and growing them so they become leaders within your organization? Or what about reaching out to your clients or your partners to develop a more, uh, strengthen your relationships so you get more repeatable business? So it's freeing up these human resources. And we always talk about humans are great at being creative, critical thinking, having empathy, right? Um, Anything else you can automate, right? If you're just entering data, some people like doing it, it's fine, right? And there's always going to be a need for it, but we can automate a lot of that. Yes. Nah, (laughs) I'm going to make a snip of that and say, what is your time worth? Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, 
I love that human resources doing human things. And you're so right where I think, again, I'm, I live in the transportation industry. So that's where my mind obviously, or nav- naturally yeah, gravitates to, mm-hmm. but when you think about any industry and it's just like, why are you doing that? I've always done it that way. It's like, but yeah. why? <laughs> like, can a system do this for you? Yes. And I like that you create a map because I think a lot of times the map helps the cell because they're seeing, oh, you're right. I am doing all of those things. And then you mm-hmm. put a dollar value to it. Just put a timestamp on it. And if it's like, okay, if this process takes you 19 minutes and you're doing it 65 times a day or whatever, yeah. that's a lot. Of, but yeah, you're right. And I think a lot of people that enjoy doing data maybe like it because it's, it's safe but chances are there's skill sets that they could learn or there's different tasks that they could be doing. So it's not always job replacement. Sometimes it's just improvement of quality of life or hey, let's put you in this course because you're really like this. It's like, but yeah, I think that was probably the best summary that I've ever heard. So <laughs> I was really like, I'm dizzy. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I like, go, go. <laughs> so no, and I appreciate that because I think just, again, I live in this space where like we've always done it this way is the number one excuse or you see faces just light up with fear and you're like, uh, are you sure I can do that? And it's like, yes, yes, you can, but you have to have trusted partners, which I value that that's the space that you live in and output lives in is we have trusted partners that can help with that. It's yeah. not a, uh, I don't know, like there's confidence there, but again, showing them a roadmap shows that you actually care because you took the time to figure out all of the steps, but that was a really good summary. I appreciate that. You know, thank you. And, and one of the things you mentioned there was we've always done it that way. One of our core values is we'll never validate the phrase that we've always done it that way. And so we try to live that in our organization and, and inspire our clients to take a look at that as well. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, you know, a couple, I want to highlight a couple other things too, where I think with your listeners in the transportation industry, where it might resonate, because um, maybe from that reporting standpoint, maybe they're doing that. Maybe there's not as many KPIs, but um, you know what we've what we've done with with a lot of companies and you know with field service where they got guys out in the field is we've actually helped them digitize their paper processes. Right, so you got all these different paper forms. Maybe you got checklists, pre pre trip reports. Maybe you got work orders. Whatever it might be, think of you know you know fill in the blank of what that paper process might be. So I don't know how many times when I you know back in the back in the day when I was doing the other job when I said what what's a frustrating or a pain point a frustration pain point and be like well you know my guys lose these tickets they go to this place and they need the ticket and we can't actually invoice until we have the ticket and they can't find it or they you know they bring in their timesheets and and you know the person in the office entering into the payroll system can't read whatever they wrote. And so they got to call them and they're trying to track them down to get the information. So you hear a lot of things there about okay, accuracy, things getting lost, things getting delayed. It could affect billing your customers, can affect cash flow, um, you know, data entry, all this extra time. Now, when you when you switch from paper to digital, you're well, already you can think of the impact on the environment, right? You're reducing your paper costs. And you talked early on about the logbook and then going to the electronic logs and the cost savings there. But when you enter that information digitally, and once you connect back to the network, that information can go anywhere. It's now digital. So instead of that, that driver having to drive those tickets or drive their timesheet back to the office to give it to someone to enter it in, and it's reactive, that information is now, you know, could be sent via email or PDF to that person, and they can do what they wish, or if we can integrate into their payroll system, it, it, you know, maybe we got to do an approval check, right. Make sure they're not fudging it, but we can add that in. 
it's saving so much time. So you can see the value there. And that's something we've done with a lot of not just transportation, but anytime you have people out in the field that need to get information back to someone else. Powerful. Yeah, that's a lot of wins there too. And yeah. I have experience in the oil field where that's exactly what we did. We filled a field ticket for the day and mm-hmm. they couldn't build a, they could build a customer the moment they got it, but they couldn't build a customer until they got it. And our head office was in Saskatchewan. I was just outside of Fort McMurray. And if the, like the gal that did all of our administrators, she was Monday to Friday and we were 24 seven. So I'm like, okay, when you think about what you just shared, how many non-billables are you now sending? Or like you said, they can't read, is that a six or a three? Like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Or what if they guess? And your pay is wrong because it looked like a six or a three and that actually impacts your pay. Like, so yeah, there's so many wins there. And it's nice to know that you guys build those two with eyes wide open because yeah. you can see, okay, you talk for five minutes. I can see six deficiencies that we can fix with a system. Very simple. So yeah. again, it's just another win. And I think that needs to be highlighted. Yeah. And um, on the note of workflow automation, uh, um, you know, we gave a couple examples here of, of things that can be automated, but if, if our listeners are thinking, you know, can I automate this? Can I automate that? Um, one thing you can ask yourself is, is it repetitive? Is it highly repetitive? It happens all the time. And does it follow a clear set of rules? Like if this, then that, right? Or this, if this happens, you do that. If it meets those guidelines, more often than not, we can probably automate it. If it requires that critical thinking, creativity, empathy, that's where it gets a little bit tougher. But hey, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence, these technologies are, you know, just getting better and better by the day too. And, you know, I had a conversation with a local machine learning company and we in Alberta, I didn't know this, but at the University of Alberta, we have a lot of the, the best minds in the world in terms of artificial intelligence and machine learning. So even in our backyards here in Alberta, uh, we got some of the smartest people working in the space, and it, and it's it's pretty it's pretty cool to see the the kind of things that can happen with it. Wow, I wasn't aware of that, and I'm actually a student at uh, University of Alberta still for my OHS, so I'll okay. have to look into that. <laughs> yeah. I was actually an interesting conversation. I've been in two of them the last two days on AI learning. And part of it was a, how far can it go? And part of it was how far we've come. And I won't, I'm not affiliated with the super famous person. So I won't name drop, but they were talking about the progression of learning through AI, where he's like, it started with your thumbs. So mm-hmm. obviously you're on your cell phone, you're searching stuff. And then it started with your voice or it progressed to your voice. There's the Siri, the Alexas, that kind of thing. Now it's going to be the vision. So there's the virtual reality glasses and stuff where you can start controlling stuff through vision. Next, it's going to be thought. and at what point, I find this scary and fascinating all at the same time, but the description that he gave was, by the time you come home, your fridge knows what you want to eat before you do, and the TV's onto the station you wanted to watch before you knew what you wanted to watch, just because yeah. your your mind's doing it faster than you can actually comprehend, because you're focused on parking your vehicle, going through your front door, that yeah. kind of thing, and it's like, whoa, but from a business perspective, the same things. It's like, okay, well, you can learn what your customers desire and you can learn how to retain good employees based off of just what's going on with their basic motor skills and stuff where it'd be cool to see A, what University of Alberta Alberta does, but also even output yourself. If that's on your guys' vision board for say 2030, we want to be the leaders in this, man, that'd be exciting. (laughs) We we have some machine learning partners. So some, some, uh, um, solutions we've deployed, we've used some tools through our partnerships to 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 deliver that solution. It does some machine learning, so it's pretty cool. Um, I just 
you probably, yeah, we're close to the same age. You probably remember uh, Terminator, right? Oh, yeah. I, I actually just rewatched it. Uh, it was my birthday last month. So I was actually able to watch a movie I wanted to watch and I love Arnold. Um, and so we watched Terminator again and you just think Skynet, right? And that's machine learning, artificial intelligence. They took over. So it's funny to go back to, you know, 1984, like how they portrayed that. And, um, but you know, it's going to be, uh, it's really cool stuff. Like I've heard some of the use cases from, from that Alberta-based company that they've worked on. And it's really, really exciting. And the, the return on investment, the benefits are huge. It's amazing. Yeah. The, I think our futures, I, I don't think of Terminator all the time, but when you do, or when you do, you're kind of like, wow. Okay. Maybe the Simpsons was right. Like they just, they're good at guessing the future, but yeah, we'll say, we'll stay positive and optimistic. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So one of my favorite questions to ask, cause I think it's important. Um, I like hearing people's answer. So that's important, but I think it's important that we live in a state of paying attention to how we respond with people, paying attention to how we impact people. Like, again, my slogan is creating a pivotal impact. And I think a lot of that's through intentionality. So when I ask this question about legacy and when you're operating in your day-to-day, like I really, I think I, if I use the word respect as a fair term, I respect how you operate based off of our minimal conversations. You're very consistent. So I think from a team perspective, it would be like, okay, yeah, we can get stuff done, not cracking whips and stuff. But yeah. do you think about the impact that you're having on your team and your customers, on your partners, when you're operating in your day-to-day, like this being forward thinking, being optimistic thinking, and just, again, you speak with a really positive tone, which I really admire. So is that something that you're like, I guess, conscious of? Is it just who you've always been? So it's the space you always live in? Or how do you approach that conversation? Great question. And I've been, this legacy uh, word has come up quite a bit. Uh, You know, some other partners of mine, they talk about it, they use it in their marketing and things like that. And I think to, to everyone, it means something a little bit different. Now, I'm not, I've never been someone that wants to be famous or, you know, I don't need to be Connor McDavid where everyone like, I don't need to be like, I could like, like I'm saying like it's possible. Right. Um, to me, I, everyone doesn't need to know my name. You know, I don't really want that. I I'm, I'm comfortable doing these sorts of things and, and I, you know, do some facilitation and things like that. But um, you know what I think I've been thinking about it a lot more recently and you know, I I was in, in management leadership in the past, and then I kind of went off and did my own B2B sales where it was just, you know, on me. Um, but now that I have this, this team again, and it's growing, um, that, like, that is really important. Back when I was a leader before, you know, with Bell, and I wanted to promote people. Like, I got, I got fulfillment from seeing them grow and move on to something else. And I have that same passion here now is you know, my goal is to try to see a couple of people promoted this year within our organization and maybe move on to different positions where they, they might not have thought it was, it was in their, in their, in their wheelhouse or, you know, kind of on their path, but we can help grow them to get there. So, you know, from that perspective, I'm, I'm really passionate about what I can do with the team and, and where we can take the organization. Um, you know, when it comes to clients, you know, I, I do, I do a lot of networking, you know, I've worked with clients that um, I, I've worked with for years and I feel like, it's just operating with integrity, right? Building that trust and rapport, telling them things sometimes they don't want to hear, but you know, it's the right thing. Um, So I want people to just, that's, you know, if I'm talking about legacy and if someone's reflecting on, you know, on me, it's yeah, he's going to tell it like it is not rude. Right. But be, you know, be nice about it. You can, you can, you can put some, uh, some sprinkles on it and things like that. 
but just, yeah, being trustworthy, operating with integrity and, and growing. Like I've grown because people in my life, my mentors and leaders have put me in a position to grow and they've challenged me and they've supported me. And so I want to bring back what I've learned and deliver that to people that are, you know, where I was 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And so I think I have a lot to give. I, it, it fuels me. I'm passionate about that. Like I said, I think that's what was missing in the last job is I didn't have that anymore. And um, so that's, that's what keeps me moving forward. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm naturally like that. Um, I think most people that know me really well, probably think I'm naturally kind of pessimistic. I told you I'm not really risky. I, I uh, you know, if you think of like the color profiles and whatnot, I'm, I'm quite blue. So analytical data, fact-driven, um, so I think I've been pessimistic because I like to understand all the variables. Um, but I think when you have a plan in place and a goal and where you want to go, it allows you to keep moving forward and have that focus. So yeah, consider variables, have plan B's, have, you know, backup plans, but, uh, you know, I'm excited about the future, uh, excited about what I can accomplish, what our team can accomplish. And we're going to, you know, we're going to have bumps in the road. I'm going to try to plan the best I can for it. And we're going to try to plan for it, but hey, it's going to happen. And we're just going to keep moving forward. Um, on that note too, I just want to mention, um, you know, this is totally sidetracked, but I think it's important is, you know, like mental health and, and working with other people. And I, I started working with a personal coach about a year and a half ago. And this has been huge, right? Like just whether it's personal growth, whether it's professional growth to talk about different things, to get different perspectives, and just reframe sometimes when you're you're really hard on yourself that you reframe and you look forward and so that's been that's been huge for me right and, and in terms of in terms of doing that I think we all need that whether that's a leader whether that's a coach whether that's a parent whatever it is and so that's been that's been really really great for me. Nice. I'm glad you mentioned that too because I've had a coach on and off since I was about 19, and I I like being. Like I try not to live with an ego in the sense of I'm not afraid to say when I made a mistake or I'm not afraid, like I fail all the time. That's normal. Mm -hmm. But being with a coach, the biggest value to me is you can have open dialogue about a failure to grow. And I like when a coach can be empathetic, but I like when a coach can be pushy because like they, like your bosses, they put you in a position that I have to grow, like sink or swim. I'm like, I'm swimming. Here we go. And but yeah, I think having a coach is key and it doesn't have to be in person. It can be virtual. It could be who you listen to. Like there's so many different forms of coaching, but yeah, I really resonate with that. And I like the fact that you're really honest with your answer because I ask that question a lot because I try and be really aware of the impacts that I'm having. And not saying I'm perfect by any means, like I have bad interactions, but I try and have way more good interactions in a day because I like knowing, like when you're talking about promoting people, I like being in an environment where someone can come to me and they can vent and they know that I'm going to vent. It doesn't look like I'm complaining. I'm venting. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be heard. It's going to be empathetic advice, but then I'm uplifting someone. So that way, again, I want to try and improve like our industry. So being intentional, I think is key, but I, I really value your, just the answer that you gave. So thank you for that. Oh, I, I got to share one other thing that I heard from a uh, you know, partner, friend contact that he, we were having a conversation a month ago or so, and he leads a team and, and they're remote now, right? He used to see them in person all the time. And now they're remote and people are going through a lot of things right now, right? There's a lot of stuff going on in the world and it's even more challenging. And I just love how he put that when he, when he starts a meeting with one of his, his team members, he says, am I challenging you today or counseling, right? And you're talking about venting and being heard. And he's leaving space to, to be there for them, to be that support when they need it. 
but he also can be there to push them and help them grow and move forward too. And so when he said that, I thought it was genius. And uh, yeah, it's just really resonated with me. That's super sound advice. And I think from a leadership perspective right now is, well, there's always a good time to be mindful, but that's really a really key time, especially because you can't see like us, you can see neck, you can't see neck down. And it's like, okay, did you dress for work today? Or are you still in your pajamas for six months straight? That kind of like, I used to notice when people didn't shave and I'm like, why don't people shave? And that was something that one of my coaches said to me too, is, is like, ask how they're doing. It's like, you'd be surprised if someone normally, like you're obviously clean cut, have a little bit of a beard. And if all of a sudden we're shaggy, it's like, mm, okay, that's a reflection of self. Because if you don't feel like you're, and you're, if someone's busy, that's their answer. But more often than not, something's happening where, okay, I'm just going to ask. But I like the fact that you can start a meeting with that dialogue of just knowing, mm-hmm. hey, which direction should we go? Because also that's how you get a greater result. So that way they don't feel like, oh, that guy's such a jerk. He's always, it's like, no, <laughs> he's there for you. So, but yeah, I think, man, you shared so much great advice in our conversation today, which I'm super grateful for. Oh, thanks, Josh. If we would have met in November or talked in November, maybe we did. I I wasn't shaving my mustache. I had the November going. So uh, shave now. Which though. I respect too, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we got nine, nine months and it'll be coming back again. That's right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, but yeah, as we come to a close today, Jason, again, I do really appreciate everything that you've shared because clarity is key, especially when we're talking about things that maybe it sounded French to someone like, what is this workflow? What does this mean? Digitalization, but you did a really good job speaking clearly on just the importance of the impacts of it from again, so many different levels. So I really appreciate that. But yeah, as we do come to a close, was there any final shots or thoughts that you wanted to share, but also can you recap how people can learn more about output again? Sounds great. Yeah. Um, final thoughts is, hey, you know, there's always people out there that know more about something than we do, right? And so I'm not, if I had to ship something big or whatever, whatever I'm going to rely on the people in the logistics and transportation industry to do it. If I need to uh, fix some the electrical problem, I'm going to rely on the experts that know what they're doing. Um, and in that, in that note, we, you know, we are very knowledgeable in technology and technology tools and helping with improving on these efficiencies. And so, you know, if you need a partner, if you need someone to, to advise and, and provide some great suggestions, rely on the people that are doing it every day. And I think we can really, we can really help and where you can find us and get in touch with us. Uh, I mentioned our website, higheroutput.com. It's H I R E output.com um, phone number or main line 780 780- 628-6688. So that's 780-628-6688. So you can get in contact with us through our website, through that phone number. Um, if you want to just have a chat, we offer what we call te- technology reviews that are complimentary to just have that initial discovery, ask you some questions and see if we can make some recommendations. Sometimes we can make recommendations that don't cost you anything that might make a big impact. Sometimes we might have a solution, but again, we're going to try to find that return on investment and pretend and uh, present the benefits. But uh, yeah, anyone that uh, has any questions, we we're here. We'd love to chat. Awesome. And I appreciate the opportunity, Josh. This was great. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I'm grateful. And I do highly recommend that people come your way again, if it's just for what do I do here, or if it's getting a full on implementation, there's a lot of value there. So, but I agree. I had fun today and I just, I like learning through our conversations. So obviously one of the reasons why I got into podcasting is someone that I feel is much smarter in this space, which is you. So thank you can educate me while also educating like countless people that are fortunate to listen to our platform. So just really do appreciate you hopping on Jason. And just thank you so much again for what you're doing. It's great. 
Thank you. And thankfully, it's not just I may, maybe I sound smart, but there's a lot of smart people behind me here that uh, do actually put all the solutions together. So really, thanks to all them. Thanks to the team. And yeah, thanks once again. Really, really happy to be here. Appreciate the opportunity, Josh. Awesome, man. Awesome. Okay, we'll have a good rest of your day. Thanks again. Too. Thanks. Yeah. So I really admire when an industry leader is able to clearly communicate why moving their business in the right direction is important, but also how they can help guide the way. So Jason, I really appreciate the impact that you and your team are having on so many organizations and for the value that you shared in today's conversation. So Jason and his team at Output, you're really doing it right with a focus on various systems and integrations to improve an organization's performance, also improving a company's culture. So I encourage you to learn more about Output and Jason by visiting their website, higheroutput.com. Also included the show or their link and the email in the show notes. So Jason, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. And before you leave, make sure that you like this episode, but share it out as Jason shared so much incredible information today, as well as that you subscribe to the channel that you listened on. As always, let's create a pivotal impact. Bye. Well, friends, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen, as I hope today's episode brought amazing value for you. If this is the first time that you've ever listened to the Truck Focus podcast, I just wanted to say thanks. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast channel to ensure you're notified of all of our upcoming episodes. To all of our dedicated listeners, thank you. This journey has been incredible so far, and it honestly is because of all of your support and encouragement that you've shown along the way. And as I like to say, the greater the following, the greater the impact. And because of you, our impact is growing across the transportation sector. As always, if you found value in today's episode, I do encourage you to share with others in your network that you believe would receive value from listening. Your support means so much. So the Truck Focus podcast is brought to you by Pivotal Transportation Industry Solutions, a company focused on connecting transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. To learn more about the Truck Focus podcast, please visit the show notes. You can connect with us on social, visit our website, sign up to our monthly newsletter, and so much more. If you do happen to visit our website, I encourage you to check out the Truck Focus blog, learn more about our industry strategic partners, view our online training, and more. Furthermore, if you have a question or a topic that you would like to be discussed or reviewed in a future episode, feel free to send me an email. I've, I've also included my email in the show notes. So I just wanted to say thank you so much again for taking the time to listen to the Truck Focus podcast, where again, our goal is simple. We want to connect industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. I hope you have a safe day and let's create a pivotal impact.